It's finally here. Bigger, faster, stronger. It's time to put on the pads. Faster, quicker, more agile. And make some noise. Just leveled. Wow. Your defending AFC South champion, Houston Texans, are back for training camp. 15-yard touchdown run for Deshaun Watson. Welcome to Texans Training Camp Live. Your sideline pass to everything that's going on with your Houston Texans. Texans Training Camp Live is presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors. And by Geico and Papa John's Houston. Now, let's go down to the Houston Methodist Training Center. Here are your hosts, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris. Day six, beautiful day in Houston, Texans training camp live after a day off. They are back to it today. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you at the Houston Methodist Training Center. A lot to get to. Zach Cunningham in segment two today. John McClain, I know he was just on with the uh, morning guys, but he'll be joining us at 830 as he does every day during camp. At nine, position group breakdown today. It will be Johnny. Defensive line. Defensive line. Lots of guys to talk about in a very deep group and interesting group. There are going to be some tough cuts there. But let's get to it. Hot reads. We start off every day with this stuff. So after the day off, back to it, day six. And I think the schedule is worth noting here. This has been the best camp ever in Houston so far. I have to say that because what you have here schedule-wise and also the way I'm going to knock wood, I'm going to knock whatever I can knock, relatively good with the injury bug so far, this squad. I'm going to say that this is the best start they've had in camp. And, Mark, what are you talking about? What do you mean the best start? We don't know how they're going to do I'm just talking about through five days of practice. That's all I'm saying because they've gone outside, Inside, outside, inside, outside. Today, I think they'll be inside. We'll let you know as soon as we know. And tomorrow's going to be the first open practice. Friday's a day off, okay? Right. Then they go back to it on Saturday right here, another open practice. Right. Sunday, it's listed as a travel day. They'll do something as a team. Yeah. And they fly to Green Bay and practice the Packers Monday, Tuesday. I think they've handled this weather situation. They've got the meat locker over there. They've handled it as well as you can handle it so far anyway. Yeah, as Rocky said, that meat locker ain't so bad. Ain't yeah. so bad. I went in there just a little while ago. The yeah. difference is when you go in there and it's, you know, 30 degrees or 25 degrees or whatever it is, and then you go back outside and you're like, boy, it's like a 70-degree difference. Yeah. Like your body's like, whoa. Wait, but you're supposed whoa. to stay in there for a minimal amount of time to really cool everything right, down. Right. Well, I only stayed in there for 10 seconds. Yeah, so that doesn't do anything. Then no, you're I'm, just like, well, where am I? What am I doing? No, I know, but you still feel the, the, yeah. the temperature difference. Oh, definitely. To, to your point uh, about handling practice and inside and outside and acclimating and all that, I just think the, t- the timing of everything has, has worked out for them too. I mean, I think it's, it's worked perfect with – the way you just mentioned it those first five days i can imagine the players are looking at saying the same thing as us like okay not so much hey let's just get through these first five days but i could see them thinking that's a pretty long stretch yeah. then we get our day off and then it's like bang bang wednesday thursday but hey we get another day off on friday and then yeah. and then we change things up with a flight to green bay and then change things up with seeing a different color jersey and then boom before you know it, it's preseason game one and now you're now you're in it now right. you're in it, and then you bring the Lions the next week. And now you're, now you're counting down at that point, especially for the top 22 to 25 guys. Now you start kind of winding down to get ready for September 9th against the Saints where there is some news about a wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, now the highest-paid wide receiver in football. Michael Thomas just got a massive new deal. 
So and that's like the we'll eye see. emoji, those double eye emoji. Oh, yeah. Every wide receiver, every named wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, yeah. Julio Jones, looking at that saying, "Hey, yeah, Julio Jones, who is trying to work on a contract with the Falcons, is like, Ooh, okay." Yeah. Now, Julio has said he's not, he's Holding not out. looking for that kind of money. And by the way, we'll get into this a little bit. Texans' final two players made the top 100 last night. Yep. Now, there's more going tonight. The top 10 is going tonight, but no more Texans. Because they put DeAndre Hopkins at 11. They had J.J. Watt at 12. They had, J- they had DeAndre Hopkins at 11. And then a lot of people say, well, if you're going to complain, then who are you going to take out of the top 10? Oh, I can, tell you, I can tell you a couple guys for sure I'd take out of the top 10. Who? Von Miller. Bradley yeah. Chubb was as dangerous as Von Miller was last year. Hmm. Von Miller did not have a great year. He admitted, he admitted he did not have a great year so, last so year. So it's just like Pro Bowl voting sometimes. These players vote for the other guys, yes. and sometimes it's a little off. Yeah. But Hopkins... You know, this hundred list is is no. I know it's it's Uh, the same thing for the players. The highest rated offensive lineman was in the uh, mid thirties. David Bakhtiari. Right. Come on, man. Are you serious? I mean, the offensive line and defensive line, like that's he's the best left tackle in football. Yeah, I mean, he's he's tremendous. Yeah, and he plays for the Packers. By the way, we're going to see him next week. See him next week. So that's going to be fun and see these pass rushers get a chance to go against the best in the league. And oh, by the way, David Bakhtiari, fourth rounder. So. Yeah, I, I love that. that. I'm glad you brought that up. You never know where they come from. Let's give it a minute here with some of these young bucks they have going up front. But I love the schedule so far. We'll see how it pans out. I'll, I'll tell you, not to look ahead too far, but after that Green Bay game, it kind of gets interesting because you'll go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday day off, then Lions, Lions, Friday day off, and the Lions game, yep. the home preseason opener here at NRG Stadium. So I think that's kind of a long week, but we'll see how they play it. Uh, O'Brien can adjust on the fly. Look, they've got the catapult system. That's the one that monitors the players as the more guy. Just why don't you just park yeah. it over here, right, right in my, you know, right yeah. in my broadcast area. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, then he's going to reverse it. Oh, he's yeah, he, I know. He's, he's like putting it in reverse. It's like he backed it yeah. up just to rub it in that he was mowing the lawn near our broadcast he's, position. He's making please. himself well Although these known. these headsets are great that our engineer George Ariaga has set up. Okay, I want to talk about this, though. Next hot read, as we've seen. Oh, wait, that's uh, I wasn't calling for that just yet. Oh, why, don't, why don't we go ahead and play that, though? I'm going to tell you this. This is Mike Vrabel. Yesterday, the Titans were doing a community thing. Yeah. And Vrabel was talking about the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans, and you know he used to work here. Right. And he was talking about Watson giving his game check to the cafeteria workers following Hurricane Harvey because they suffered such a loss. And Vrabel learned something from then 21-year-old Deshaun Watson. Let's hear it. There was a hurricane in Houston, and and people that lived in our building and worked in our building, excuse me, uh, their homes and and, and cars were devastated by the hurricane. And this young man took his game check, and he gave it to the people that worked in our cafeteria. And when we asked him why, he said, those who can must. And I was embarrassed that I didn't – I learned something from a 21-year-old kid, the quarterback of our football team. And we will still try to sack them, and I will still have Jarrell try to find ways to knock him down and Wood to knock him down. But I think that that day I I decided that those who can must. All right. Well, I hope you just try to take it easier than that, you know. I I mean, since he taught you something, please. Yeah, give him a break. And those who can must. Look, this organization is all about that, obviously, really helping out the victims of Hurricane Harvey, J.J. Watt, the NFL, the Houston Texans, of course, about doing great things in the greater Houston area and beyond. But I love that he brought that up in front of a Titans crowd 
about the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. And I saw that. Uh, I can't remember who, who posted um, immediately or retweeted it. Because I did. I thought, it, I thought it was great. You know, coming from Vrabel, who doesn't pull any punches. I mean, he is as brutally honest as anybody we've ever had in this building. And to hear him say that, I thought that was, I thought it was pretty cool. On a yeah. side note, the mustache has got to go. Oh, for Vrabel? Yeah, the mustache has got to go. It, I, every it's, time I see a picture of him, it's like Super 70 Sports on Twitter. I mean, he go with like the one beard, of those guys. Even maybe the Quentin Nelson Fu Manchu. Wait, is the mustache coming back without the beard? Because the beard is so in right now. The, the facial hair is so in yeah, right now. Yeah, facial hair is fine. Like, a beard is fine. Like, see Vrabel on a beard? I'm fine with that. But the straight-up mustache? Although, like, I'm, I'm no. going to do a favor to everybody no. listening right now. If you're in sales, shave that thing off. Shave yeah, it yeah, all yeah. off. Go, go clean, fresh face. Don't. <laughs> Don't put the don't put the facial hair on if you're in sales. What Listen, are you crazy? Go in there, fresh face, be a breath of fresh air. Don't go in there with that sinister look you're sporting. Don't, no, not in sales. That's my Listen, this is me talking. That's my opinion there. Okay, now quarterback depth. We heard from Vrabel about Deshaun Watson, clearly a threat to the Tennessee Titans and clean their clock in the Monday night game last year, that unforgettable evening. Of course, the Texans lost to the Titans up there, so a split with them, and I really don't want to see that this year. I want to see a nope. sweep against the uh, arch rivals. But how about this? Quarterback depth in this camp. Watson, we mentioned him taking the first team reps all offseason long. First mm -hmm. franchise quarterback to do that for this organization since 2013. I'm not going to put Osweiler in there in 2016 because he really wasn't a franchise quarterback. You were hoping he would become one, <laughs> but you didn't know it, right? So I don't think yeah. that counts, Johnny. Yeah. But I'll, t right. I'll say this. Watching training camp in 2016, watching every other training camp up until now, I don't think I've seen this kind of depth because you know how good Watson is. And then you look at McCarron, and look, it's not perfect out there. But what I love about these guys is they're trying things. It looks interesting. The offense has a lot of different options, and there's a lot of experimentation out here. And, and I really enjoy watching these guys work. And then you got the third stringer and Joe Webb who can do just about anything. So I like this quarterback depth. Look, I hearken back to the days 10 years ago, maybe well, more than 10 years ago, because Rosenfels wasn't with the team in 09, but 7 and 8 when you had Schaub and Rosenfels and they were slinging it in the, uh, in the training camp period and the OTAs, and, and that looked really masterful. But it was against defenses that weren't so hot. Right. This defense is really good. These guys are really sharpening each other's game out there, and it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. And one thing I really like about what they're doing, I used to get – I used to get kind of frustrated even with Schaub in training camp practice back when, when Matt was here when they would do certain periods, and it was like they would take checkdowns. I'm like, not in practice. Like, I get checkdowns in the game. Like, I get it. Know where your checkdown is. Mm -hmm. Take it in the game. That's fine. But in practice, push the boundaries of what you can do. Like, yeah. you shouldn't have five checkdowns in a row in a certain period. No. They're not – I mean, they'll throw one every now and again. Yeah. But to keep the backs involved. But for the most part, they're throwing the ball – down the field the wide receivers and tight ends have got so many targets it's crazy but that's great that's what you need but i used to get so frustrated because it's like all right now it's open take the check i'm like i know you've got to work on that to a degree you do, you do have to work on the short passes I, yeah it, it's it's kind of like that certain aspect of your short game and golf. you do have to work on yeah, it you have to work on the three foot putt but you've got to be able to make sure you could drive the intermediate throw that what's the timing on this sale route what's the timing on this yeah. on on this dino route like what do you have to hit and if you get picked in practice, so okay, what? great. You got picked in practice. Don't and get picked in the game. That hasn't happened much. That's good. That no. hasn't happened much to them. So I've written about A.J. each and every day. He's made some brilliant throws. 
I think. And, and every day he seems to be getting better. I'll, I'll take l- – listen, if, if four goes down, we're all going to be crying in our beer, but – or a water or whatever you drink. Whatever beverage uh, yeah, you have your beverage of choice. in front of you. But if A.J.'s got to go in a game, you know, Sean a little dinged up. He's got to come out for a few plays, and A.J.'s got to go. Remember that, that Pittsburgh game? In, I don't even know that I, I remember. But the 2017 Christmas night game against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And T.J. was in, and then T.J. came out. And then uh, Taylor, Taylor Heineke went in, and then he came out. Like one of those situations where yeah. A.J. would have to go in. I'd feel confident running anything that I have in the arsenal with AJ out on the field. Yeah, he can move. I feel pretty, uh, he with can that. move better than a lot of people thought. Put yeah, it that way. Absolutely. So, so he's getting around out there, and it's a good acquisition for this team to get a a younger, hungry quarterback. Not that Whedon wasn't hungry. Whedon was good, but and you know, obviously won a couple of games with him back in 2015. But this is a guy who wants to keep the career moving forward. Hopefully, play somewhere else someday. Yeah. But right now, he's here to help this team get better that's what you want to see out here you also want to see zach cunningham we're going to hear from him 12 questions with cunningham who's an interesting guy claims going to be out at 8 30 we're going to break down the d line at nine o'clock it's texans training camp live it's texans training camp live it's texans it's back to football and you're back on the sideline at training camp with texans radio Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, field side. It looks like they're going to be in the practice bubble today for day six of training camp. Again, inside, outside, inside, outside kind of scheduling here. And tomorrow's the first open practice right here. Now, Green Bay apparently is in the 50s today, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So that'll be nice for the team next week, but we'll see what it gets to. And Jonesy, back in the studio, was actually saying, well, or t- at some point it's going to be 80 or it was 80. And I'm thinking, you're complaining about 80? Yeah. You're complaining 80 if it was 80 here the women would get their boots on get out the furs i'd get my parka yes give me a parka 80 80 I, right now beautiful would, are you I'd, kidding i take no, 80 in a heartbeat th- this is a good day for them to be inside because today looks like a steamy one yeah it's no very humid there's no I, wind right now i ran this morning and it was not it was not exceedingly hot yeah but i felt the humidity i'm like oh. yeah you're it was okay. a lightning storm last night, so there was still some of that humidity around. I thought there I might got be done. a nice cold front coming through. I thought so, too. I was all excited. Yeah, the storm was morning. coming from the north. I'm like, great, they're going to bring the cold I, air in. Nothing. They, they're, no. they, they're bringing it in. No. Anyway, uh, here they are inside the bubble today. In all likelihood, we'll tell you as they file into the bubble what we're observing, and that's the part you don't want to miss. You want to be listening for the next 45 minutes. We're live here at Texans Training Camp, and we go with Drew Doherty with a dirty dozen questions. Today's player, Drew visits with Zach Cunningham. Let's start things off with your best football trait. What is it? Best football trait. Probably uh, quickness, instincts. Quickness, instincts. And all together, yeah. Quick stinks. There we go. Quick stinks. I like that. You combine the words. It works. What's your must-pack item for training camp? I'm one of those guys who always got to bring the system, the game system. Yeah, what are you playing? Sure. Well, we've been playing Mario Kart lately on the, on the Switch, so. I've been, I've been beating a couple of guys in it. Which teammate of yours talks the most trash? Talks the most trash? I wouldn't say I could pick one now because I know a lot of guys have a lot of back and forth. You know, it's all competition both ways. So who's the quietest? Quietest? I, I would say I'm one of the quietest as far as talking trash. He just walks softly, carry a big stick, that type of thing? Yes, that's kind of my deal. Typical breakfast at training camp for you is? Bacon, eggs, some avocado, and some berries. What type of berries? Uh, raspberries. Blackberries. Get both colors in, that's good. Yep. 
Favorite retired NFL player of all time is? Favorite retired of all time. I don't think I have one. Really? You didn't watch football growing up? I did. I just did, never had, like, a favorite player like that. Did you have a favorite team? Uh, when I, I guess when I was really young, the Patriots. I kind of grew out of that. Yeah. Playing them a few times a year will make you grow out of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, best hair on the Texans belongs to who? Zach Cunningham. Confidence is a good thing. I like that, Zach. <laughs> Messiest Texan is? Messiest Texan. I haven't seen a lot of guys' lockers lately. I have to get back to you on that one. I haven't, I haven't seen I haven't seen any lockers recently. So are you able to answer the question who the tidiest Texan is? Tidiest? Not either. Like I, like I said, I haven't been looking at lockers. Teammate that gets you the most excited, most amped up on a daily basis? McKinney. Menage McKinney. Playing right beside him. Always, keep, you know, always brings energy. That's my guy. Which teammate calms you down if you need to get calmed down? Uh, I'm usually a pretty calm guy, so that, that would be me. Best part of training camp is? The jokes, you know. You only you know, got to find a way to get through every day. Is, you, know, the, you know, guys cracking jokes and getting on each other. That's why I say the best part was. You crack a joke or two, right? Yeah, a couple, a few. You get anybody lately? Hmm. Who was I good? I, I know I've been uh, getting <laughs> getting that Greg Mans. I think we were in, in a meeting one time, and Coach was talking about a, a block he was doing. I've been bothering him about it. <laughs> What's your favorite TV show right now, or show on like Netflix or Hulu or anything? So uh, recently, I've been watching the uh, Orange Is New Black came out with more episodes. Euphoria. That's been that's been pretty good. And I got a couple anime shows that I that I'm into. Okay, when you were growing up, what was your favorite TV show? I don't recall. I don't recall having a favorite. Which instruments do you play? Play guitar. How long have you been playing that? Since middle school. Middle school. Do you have a favorite song you play on the guitar? No, not really. I just like to fiddle around, come up with stuff, learn different things. How often do you get to play it now that you're a football player? I haven't been playing it as often as I should be. It's been a minute. Zach Cunningham, thank you for taking a minute with us. This has been A Dirty Dozen. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Zach kind of still has the rookie invasion of the body snatchers thing going on, or he just, it was after practice and didn't feel like getting into too many details. I here. If somebody says they play an instrument, never ask them what their favorite song is to play. Nobody's got a favorite song to play. You I mean, do? I've been playing guitar for a thousand years. I don't have a favorite song to play. I might have one lately. I don't have a favorite song. You ask them what their style is, you know, what, what, what kind of music do they play. They'll answer that, okay? Not to criticize Drew's interviewing skills, but I guess I just did. I mean, we could have a nice little Texas jam band. And who doesn't remember what? All right, so you don't, and here's another thing. Asking a favorite thing is sometimes tough. You give me, like, two or three of your favorite shows growing up. You know, that way you don't have to pick mm-hmm. a favorite because it's hard to uh, – not the number one ranking, I don't know, I don't have my BCS childhood show computer with me, right? So, yeah, I could tell you Speed Racer when I was a kid. I can tell you a lot of things. I don't know if that was my favorite, but I know I watched it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yours? I'm to, when, I, when I heard him say that, I was like, man, what was mine? So I'm still kind of – I'm trying to think. I used to like watching Tom. I love Tom and Jerry. I don't know why. Tom and Jerry the cartoon. That's so They're so violent. I know, but this was before. Well, that's that your football personality. Oh, I don't know. I just like like Tom and Jerry. It was other. always the chase. I always yeah. wanted. Okay. Always wanted Tom yeah. to win, right. and he never won. It was like the Washington Generals. You know, you watch the Harlem Globetrotters and the Washington. Generals. The Generals are going to win this one. Nope. 
Never so, so my six-year-old my six-year-old knows nothing about Bugs Bunny, right? Because it's yeah, I watch Bugs Bunny. But well, yeah, we did. Yeah. But yeah. they don't know anything. Although my thirteen-year-old does, because he's seen Space Jam. So mm-hmm. that's it. So and the part two's coming out. But when you go back and watch some of the old Bugs Bunny and uh, Tom and Jerry cartoons, right? There's some things on those shows that probably would not fly now. Oh, problem! Oh, well, really? Some political yo, incorrectness? Yeah, oh, there's inappro- a lot of inappropriates. Oh, there's a lot of inappropriates. Okay, sure. there you go. Anyway, Still love them though. Cunningham, love part shows. of a deep linebacking core, which is nice. And you got some guys that are trying to get a spot on the roster. They're gonna have to shine in special teams. I know. I know the listeners are thinking, man, you guys talk a lot about special teams. Believe me, they spend a lot of time out here on special teams. It is the most boring part of football practice to watch mm-hmm. because they can't go full out on special teams. You just can't. But it's so important, and everybody's going to be patient. Like, during the open practice tomorrow, Mm -hmm. go ahead, don't complain, let them practice special teams. They improved dramatically. I mean, top two in average drives, that is huge right there. Those hidden yards, huge. So let them do their thing, even though it's not much fun to watch during practice. The same people complaining about the production of the special teams in years prior, the same ones complaining about, hey, they too much special teams in practice. Listen, the only way you're going to get better at it is the practice, and the Texans have done that. There's, there's no question. They've improved personnel. They've mm-hmm. improved the coaching. They've improved uh, their overall execution. It's, it's really become uh, a green look. You don't have to. You don't have to like it, but uh, at the practice field. Yeah. But you better love it when you get inside NRG Stadium on Sunday on Sunday afternoons. Absolutely. I mean, that's where you, you got to win. If you, I still say though. See, if Bill O'Brien asked me for my advice, which never happens. Yeah. But if he did, I would say just kick it to the goal line every time if you possibly can. I want to tempt that return. I want to take my chances on covering and and pinning a guy inside the twenty with the cover at least at twenty five. I feel really good. That the analytics would say, if I kick it to the goal line, which I know is easier said than done sure. sometimes with conditions and everything, and sometimes, oh, my gosh, you kicked it to the 10, and now he's out at the 35. But I think more often than not, you are going to pin them inside the 25. So go ahead and do that because I still th- – that 25-yard line start, Johnny, I'm so used to watching football where yeah. a touchback is at the 20, and I it know. still is for a punt. That 25-yard line start just feels so – sometimes, you know, especially with these good offenses you're facing and these quarterbacks, you're thinking, ouch. I mean, I just gave that a 75-yard field. I don't like this. I mean, that feels like two two intermediate throws, and you're at least knocking on the door a field goal range. Yeah, McLean thinks I'm nitpicking, I think. But I think we'll, we'll hear from him. In well, a I mean, you know, to that end, you have an experienced kicker now that does a pretty good job he of does. that. So I think that's one thing. And then number two, do you trust your cover units? And you I think do, you well, absolutely I think you, tr- you have to, yeah, because of what you've done. So I think, my, to, my, to your point, I think we will see more of that. How about Belichick in the 2016 game I up know. there week three? Make him run it back. Yeah, make him run it. Make him return yeah, it. Make him return it. Let's be those guys. Let's be aggressive like that. Well, I think that I think doing and, and but we've done it. it we've done it we've done it i think but it's, not all the time i mean i don't know maybe you can't do it all the time like i like i said i think it takes a couple of things i think it takes an experienced kicker mm-hmm. and i think it takes really good cover units and i think now now you have now you have both do you have confidence that's what i'm saying you, you have do. confidence in doing it i mean remember the jets game the jets game they take the lead in the fourth quarter right before yeah. our game or game winning drive they take the lead in the fourth quarter and we get a 15 yard penalty something happened we got a 15 yard yeah. penalty so they move the ball up to the 50 right yeah so they try and pin that thing down inside the five and what they do ball bounces to two carter doesn't field it it goes in the end zone he downs it 
they get nothing out of it. It's a it's a little bit more difficult to do. Oh, yeah, if you're pinned inside the five on that one, and and you need to go take the lead. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's tough. But with your kicker, with Kaimi Fairbairn, you should be able to do that. A little yeah, bit it's a better. kickoff as opposed to a punt. Right. Anyway, John McClain, we're gonna kick off with him in just a moment. He's got, got a lot to share. We're gonna talk about a few things, including but not limited to Jack Easterby's role with the organization, because that came up on Six Ten's slot this morning from six to eight. And we'll get into it. Day six of training camp on the field. It's Texans training camp live. Training camp live. The Texans are back in action, and you have a front row seat. It's Texans training camp live on Texans Radio. Thank you to our intern, Amanda, who brought out my big A roster. Okay. Your movie size yes, poster. It, it is. That's roster. what I like, man. This is the good one. And um, boy, we've got we've got three interns in our department. And I used to say on, when I was doing shows on six ten, our starving unpaid interns, because uh-huh. at the at that point we had starving right. unpaid interns. Now they're they're paid, right. and I don't think they're starving, but they might be. Who knows? John McClain for the Houston Chronicle joins us now here at training camp, and they're inside the bubble today for sure. General is outside with us right now as we talk about day six of training camp. And, John, you were talking to Seth and Sean earlier about Jack Easterby's role with the organization, and you said, look, he helps out with football ops, no question about it. And I think there's some confusion. Football ops, is that acquiring players? No. What is uh, that? Uh, that's, uh, not uh, necessarily, anyway. It could be, but not necessarily. Not Jack, no. Yeah, so tell us about what you think. Football operations are ordinarily under a general manager. As you guys know, that includes medical, training, equipment, nutrition, budgets, things we see getting done out here. A lot of it, you've got to be organized, and you've got to be somebody who is a good idea guy and they've got multiple people you know i think khalil is outstanding and so easterby you're talking about khalil reed who's been with this organization for a long time he does a great job and very popular with everyone and so easterby is like he oversees i think 22 men personnel department he's worked closely with o'brien on draft free agencies came over from the jets last year under brian gain last year so he's the guy that's head of personnel that bill works with then of course chris olsen oversees the cap and contracts and then there's football ops and so anything o'brien wants checked out or done he may say to easterby well evaluate this come back with that there are a lot of things being done here that Easterby has suggested since he got here April 1st, and I think that virtual reality room is one of them. And so uh, he's like Bill's right-hand man. They're all kind of like Bill's right-hand man, and then they answer to Cal McNair. Mm-hmm. Cal wants to, like his dad, and Cal was right there with his dad every step of the way. It's not like Mark Davis when he came in the last two or three years. Cal's been there. The McNairs have always wanted to be informed. Right. If you can show them, okay, this is going to cost $4 million to move camp to West Virginia, but this is why we think it's good and will help the team win on $4 million. So McNair's Oof. have spent a lot of money, like, redoing everything since the, the last year. And so this cost them a lot of money because they're convinced by Bill O'Brien it will help them win. And so... Easterby is his right-hand man on anything Bill needs to get done. But 
you know, overseeing football ops is a big chore. It's a big chore. I mean, we're, we're looking at these giant cooling systems out here. I mean, everything, ordering the sleds, uh, the porta potties. I mean, everything. The tractors. E- everything is part of football operations, and it's a huge operation. So you need a lot of people. You need somebody to oversee it, and you need a forward-thinking mentality here because you do have the virtual reality room, but then you have state-of-the-art upgrades and almost everything around the football team so that's crucial and jack is really helping out with that an awful lot and one of the things it's people get out like when they made a couple of personnel moves the joke was oh my god how'd we manage to do that we don't have a general manager yeah well it's not about the title it's about responsibilities and the one thing that i'm interested in is uh and i think we talked about this the other day about o'brien is looking ahead and general managers always look ahead where a lot of coaches especially ones in the last year going hoping to get an extension they want to win right now they want to make moves spend big money for a free agent that might not work out uh do take uh, spend money and do everything you can win right and damn the future but based on the way they've handled everything it shows they do have an eye on the future they gave Jonathan Joseph a bump in pay. A couple other players, I believe, Nick, DJ Reader, Nick Martin, will get extensions before the season starts. And Deshaun Watson, this time next year, he won't be where Patrick Mahomes is, I don't think. P year is going these contracts these quarterbacks are signing now will be a pittance compared with what Watson and Mahomes will get a year from now. And and so there's method to seeming madness, mm-hmm. and it's it's how you delegate who who is good in handling their responsibilities. Like all those departments we just mentioned, have people uh, who in place to take care of all that. But somebody's got to oversee it. That's Bill O'Brien with Jack Easterby at his side. Story of the virtual reality room is is pretty interesting because our buddy Tim Brock, who runs our our uh, He's in charge of video for the team. Yeah, they basically had decided they didn't have the room to do it. They didn't. They right. didn't think they had to to build this the virtual s- the reality room. space to do it. Yeah, they didn't have the space. And Timmy walked in and said, "Look, here's what you do," and showed them everything how they were going to do it. Knock down this wall. Knock down this wall. All you're going to lose are two meeting rooms. You're going to do this, and then you put it right here, and you can extend this. You put the cameras here. He had the whole thing set up, and they listened to him. They're like, "Okay, let's go with it." And so it was Timmy. Who ended up coming coming up with that i coming up with that idea and that and Timmy falls under football ops you know something people obviously tell me falls that under Jack they're very uh, with the communication in the building people think because Bill Bill doesn't listen well Brian always listens to his coaches he asks for ideas he asks players he asks Watson tell me things that you think might work and we'll talk about them we'll try to design something if it works great we'll put it in if not we want so it's in a constant process process that's evolving we'll know a whole lot more this time next year about how it's all worked out i believe that this time next year they're going to have the same system in place i don't think they'll necessarily have a general manager uh, including nick casario john through one week of practice give me one thing that you're a bit more concerned about that you were before training camp started give me something that through one week of practice, you're like, hey, maybe I'm not as concerned about that. Oh, I like this topic. 
even though Titus Howard and Max Sharping have gone effortlessly so far between guard and tackle, you still got a lot of things to determine up front. Nothing is set up front other than Nick Martin. He's not even out here. Right. And so the offensive line is still a big concern. Other area of concern, Bradley Roby has done really well, and he's coming off a mediocre season in Denver. Aaron Colvin coming off a disappointing season. They like what they've seen so far, but you know what have we really seen from them? We'll know more this time next week. So those two positions, I feel better about corner, like Lonnie Johnson, but he's got to stay healthy. In the offensive line, until we see those pieces in place for the New Orleans opener, we're not going to have a good idea about who's going to start. Matt Khalil looks good out here. But now he's got to take it to the next level. He's got a bunch of tests that he's got to pass before he shows them he can play left tackle the way they want it played, which will allow Howard to play left guard. I think there's a good chance the season could begin in New Orleans with two rookie guards. Sharpie, we talked about this the other day, John, about what a mauler he is, how yeah. physical he is. That sets a pace for players. If you got a nasty guy up front, and he can be as he gets more comfortable and more instinctive, learns the system, and gets, it feels that he has the confidence of offensive line coach Mike Devlin to do things like that. I can't wait to see him when he goes back, when he goes back basically home to Wisconsin to uh, go again on drills, and we'll see just how nasty he can be. And he is from Green Bay. I he mean, he is not just from couldn't Wisconsin. Couldn't go to Wisconsin. He, he went Bay. as close as he could get, Northern Illinois, to still be around the state but it's a big deal we're all talking about Watt and him going back to Wisconsin his favorite team growing up well so is Sharping and I'm going back to the site of the 1982 punt passing kick state championship disaster <laughs> so there's that wait did what you, happened did you choke you? I, I choked oh. I brought I thrumbled oh no you thrumbled I thrumbled after I kick. hit a Shane Leckler punt which was my worst and I'm telling you I'm winning this thing like it's over the 10 year old division is done and then I thrumbled. Oh my John, goodness! Johnny, how did that change your life? Did that? Did you use that as inspiration? I stopped wanting to be a quarterback. Oh. So you didn't get a scholarship, and you went to Brown. Yeah, no, I went I to the defensive side. Out. I went to the defensive side of the ball. Thank but, God, Jimmy Bernhardt, R.I.P. Coach. Uh, thank yep. God, he never saw me throw a football. All so right. you were no Andy Reid in pump pass and kick. No, I was not the Andy Reid. I had it. I had the win right there. It was right on those practice fields at Don Hudson Center practice fields. You know, one of the things, and I wrote about this today, they wanted to get bigger and stronger in the offensive line. If, indeed, they begin against the Saints, it'll be the biggest offensive line they've ever had. 6'7", 351 pounds. Chantrell Henderson at right tackle, 6'7", 315 pounds. Matt Khalil at left, 6'5", 322. Titus Howard at left. And 6'6", 327. Mike Sharping at right guard. And then there's little old Nick Martin at center, assuming he's back. Yeah, little old Nick Martin, indeed, who's 6'4", 295. Listed below 300. Wait, wait, He's hold. ruining our 300 sweep. Okay, so let's say Nick is not ready and you've got to go. Let's say, let's say you do put – let's say you put Zach in there at center. Right. Are you going to – is that the lar- – would that be the largest average offensive line if you put Zach in there? Because you're going to average at, I would think, 325. You know, it's funny because when, when Kubiak got here, they were, they were big before, right? When he got here, the thought was, oh, they're going to get a little smaller yeah, now. You know, eventually yeah. they got Myers in here and all of that. Yeah. Uh, but the zone blocking scheme, you know, you talked about guys like Tom Nalen, who was not 300 pounds, right? 
No, Nalen yeah, was not. Was yeah. Denver had the lightest offensive line in the league. And Alex Gibbs was all about hit that guy, zone block, get out of the second level. Mm-hmm. Yep. Zach Fulton's last year in Kansas City, he replaced the injured Mitch Morris, and they said Fulton played better any time than he played. Yep. And in after that season, they I was talking to people in the organization and who covered the team said the universal feeling was he was better center than guard. So if something were to happen, you know, if if Max Sharping could start at right guard, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Fulton didn't start at center over Greg Mann. I, I love how they list the weights here, though. Like, Fulton is listed at 321. 321. I mean, he might be 322 today or 320. Of course, but, they, um, you know, I always yeah. ask, please give us accurate weights because they've worked throughout the offseason to either yep. gain or lose. So they always say they will right before the season. Look, Vince Wilfork was listed at 325 for the last <laughs> 10 years. Since junior high? He was 325 in seventh grade. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I always laugh. I chuckled when I would see that. Can like, we get the scale? Can we get so some advanced. here? <laughs> so advanced. <laughs> it's like every time I've been to the doctor the last few years they, for a physical, they go, how much do you weigh? And I go, two. She writes down two, and I said, M-U-C-H. <laughs> she said, no, we need you to step on the scales. I said, no. You got to step on the scales. No. Okay. So they just put a line through it. John, around the league, should Andrew Luck retire now because of this calf injury? I think it's a good idea. He should actually. He should take off the season, mm-hmm. come back and play for the XFL. XFL for his team dad. With June Save Jones. the league for yes. your dad. Andrew. Save yes. the publicity. That's a the great XFL. Idea. You know they say they're not worried. They they. Anytime the quarterback's out, you got to be worried about it, no matter if it's a calf. You know, Frank Reich brought up what happened to Kevin Durant. Calf became Achilles. Then Luck disputed that, said, "My, this does not make my Achilles more susceptible to being torn. But because of what happened to him in the past, he is not playing until he's 100%. And he may not play in preseason. Remember Jared Goff didn't play in preseason last year, and everybody, oh, man, the quarterback's got to play, and they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that was golf. And this that wasn't without, that was no injury though for golf. No, that was, that was just, just not, not wanting playing. to get hurt. He didn't. McVay didn't play anybody, John. And in the, in, the only guy that played against us in week three was Sue. Sue was the only one I think they played against us for like four or five plays in week yeah. three of the preseason. Boy, that was that a forgettable was trip to L.A. That was it. But I got to tell you this: the calf injury. It's one of those wolves in wolves in sheep's clothing, you know, because it sounds so benign. Oh, strained calf, he'll be fine. But you saw Durant, yep. and I'm not saying that Luck's going to come back and get an ACL, but the the strained calf can be a, a really tough injury to get over. So um, I do think he should retire. Anyway. Uh, today's breaking news as players make their way into the practice bubble here at the Houston Methodist Training Center is Kahale Waring is in full padded gear Good, today. about time. And we'll give it a go. So I, let's I said the, the other day, I think, I can't remember if I wrote it or I said it, that I thought he'd be starting by the midway point of the season. You said it to us yesterday. Okay, well, other shows have asked me about it and sounded kind of surprised, but you guys know how they think he can be special. Dual threat. A dual threat. He can block. He's tough. He likes to block. As I said, he's a Southern California beach boy with an attitude. He's got. He's six five. There's no way he's what they list him at two fifty two. He told me in off season program he's two fifty six, and I guarantee you he's in his sixties because he is. There's probably not a more awesome physical specimen out here. Yeah, but you, this you keep talking about his body. Loves him. 
Well, you see him. Don't you think he has a great body? I'll tell I you do. what. Uh, I, I have no problem I telling you what I have no problem like saying that field. either. I want to go do push-ups. I want to go do sit-ups. You know. I'm confident in who I'm, I am. I'm known for that. I don't care. Listen, I have he hips, butts, whatever. I'm, I'm whatever ripped it takes. underneath all this. That's, dra- that's, draft an- that's draft analysis to a T. He looks Hips, butts, great. legs. I mean, and he's know, got, that's all about. He's got muscles on muscles. He's he's fast. He's quick. And he and he wants to learn, and he got in that speed mode for the combine and the uh, pro day because yep. he wasn't a starter, a regular starter, and it worked because he went in the third round. And so yep. they love this guy, but I'm guessing it'll take a while. I think Jordan Thomas will start, and if they go with two originally, it'll be Thomas and Aikens, but Waring is going to come up on the stretch and force his way into the lineup, I believe. Tom is still working his way back, and Aikens has looked really terrific in this camp. So there's a little update for you. John, what else do you have going on in the Houston Chronicle for us? Well, I've got my daily Texans takeaways, and I'm writing tomorrow about Deshaun Watson when he was a rookie, and former quarterback coach Sean Ryan told us he showed him a lot of mobile quarterbacks, the good and the bad, the one he focused on the most, Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Wilson be writing about J.J. Watt going home to Milwaukee. Yep, a lot of uh, homecoming stuff, as we said earlier. And Johnny Harris, among the homecoming people, as your parents live how far away from Green 45 Bay? 45 minutes. 45 minutes north of Green Bay. So it'll be a, a great trip. It'll be, it'll be a good trip. Thank we'll, you, guys. Uh, Thank you, John. So, Johnny, you started out there. Started out there. Came I here got to Texas as, a young as fast guy. as I could. So I consider myself a Texan. That's home. How, how old were you when you came here? We got here when I was 11. And my dad, okay. my dad literally wanted to go somewhere where football was more important. Yeah. I was 11, too, plus about uh, 30, yeah, uh, but something like that. Yeah. But I got here as fast as but I, I could. But I went for a little break, and then I came back. So, the, so there's that. But yeah. it, I, haven't, I have not – I mean, other than our trip to Green Bay in 2016, I haven't been back to Wisconsin since I was in high school. So mm-hmm. it'll be good to have a few days to kind of get back up and see my, see my parents. I know for Max and JJ, it'll be, they'll be swarmed by people. Also, you know who's also from Wisconsin is Mike Eubanks. Mike Our director of sports performance. Yeah. Yes, strength and conditioning, sports yeah. performance, the guru. Okay, next up, we're going to break down a position group every day at 9. Yesterday we pushed it to 9.20, but today, defensive line, you know who plays there. Also, interesting, I think it's a super interesting factoid on one of the starters that you might not know, and it gives you a glimpse of how tough it is to make it in this league and how players can come from anywhere. It's all coming up on Texans Training Camp Live. On Texans Training Camp Live. On Texans Training Camp Live. Texans Training Camp is underway. Get all the breaking news, updates, interviews, and more right now at HoustonTexans.com. Now back to Texans Training Camp Live. Presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors, Geico, and by Papa John's Houston. Houston Methodist Training Center. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you. Thanks to the General John McClain for being on. We'll check in with Drew and Deepy in about 15, 20 minutes to find out what they're seeing today and what they're working on. Lots of fun stuff on HoustonTexans.com about training camp. Go to the Texans app. On the app, you can stream the preseason games and all the games this season. The Texans open a week from tomorrow at Green Bay. Of course, you'll hear the game right here, and we encourage you to do that. Always, because we live for this stuff. Andre and I, beginning year 18 together, John Harris on the sideline doing the job that nobody else can do better, as we know this team better than anyone, so we encourage you to listen. All right, let's go here. We're going to evaluate 
and break down the defensive line today at Texans training camp. Johnny, somebody named J.J. Watt begins his ninth year out of Wisconsin. The boy from Pewaukee who went to Central Michigan, then the University of Wisconsin, then was drafted here in 2011. I can't believe that was eight years ago. There was no OTA session that year, so the first we saw of Watt was in training camp eight years ago right here on this field, knocking down passes. He didn't explode until the playoffs that year, but here he is after a 16-sack season. What are we expecting out of J.J. in year nine of his career? I'll put it this way. Watching the top 100, and J.J. got in at number 12. And they asked, they had Taylor Luan, and they asked all these players, they just get him in for a session, and they say, okay, talk about this guy, talk about that guy. Luan went on forever about J.D. Devin Clowney. Yep. They asked Taylor Luan about Watt. And he's like, nope. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, got nothing. You're like, next question. Luan wouldn't even talk about him. They've had some battles. They they don't. And and by battles, I mean JJ has decimated him. Yeah, Larry McTunsell, <laughs> they sat him down and like, Tunsil was like, he's JJ Watt, man. Like, what's there to say? And that's exactly right. He's he's great. He's maybe the the he's the greatest this town has ever seen. He's arguably the greatest defensive player of all time. We have the opportunity he's, to see him. We're lucky. He's Next in the question. conversation. Yeah, put he's it in that the conversation. Way. All right, Next so uh, you brought up J.D., so he's listed as defensive end outside linebacker. He's a front seven guy. He's a game wrecker. So let's just put him on the de- – we'll put him in the linebacker group as well. But quick comment on J.D., who is not at camp yet. Can do anything on a defensive line. Can play anywhere on a defensive line. Teams know it. At the end of the year, last year, they started to take note of where he was on every play. Mm-hmm. and adjust blocking schemes and protection schemes where he was no matter where he lined up. He is that valuable on the defensive front, and hopefully when he gets back, he's ready to have a great year, and we'll have a great year for us in 2019. I can't, I can't wait to see him. I, I love just seeing him in the hallway. He's got an infectious smile. He's great yep. with everybody. Players love him, so hopefully he'll go back here soon and just wreck shop like he always does. Smile wider than the Mississippi River. DJ Reader, oh. well, defensive end, nose tackle. But, look, we saw him start at DN a lot last year with Brandon Dunn manning the middle. We'll get to him in a moment. But what about DJ in year four? Uh, he's, uh, man, what is there to say? Look, he had one. I thought he had one tough ball game last year, and it was the one game against the Giants that the run defense was not excellent. But for the rest of the year, DJ Reader, if you try to block him one-on-one in the run game, you forget it. He swallows that up. He runs down screens. He is everything you want in an interior defensive player. I hope DJ Reader is here for a very, very long time. He is instrumental for this run defense. When he is on the field and he's, and he's turned up, but they want him pads. I can probably tell this story now. There was one of the rookie linemen the day before who had kind of taken outside linebacker and kind of, Kind of threw him out the club a little bit yeah. when they weren't in pads. DJ got in the first run drill and just blew it up. Just mm. blew it mm. up. He's like, you're not throwing me out the club. And he just, he was turned up the whole day. He was at volume 10. It was so awesome to see. I love him in this run defense. And he's a great fit in this defense. He's a, I think he's taking on a leadership role. And he, hopefully he's realizing how good he is. Because if you think about this, four years ago, at this point, Four years ago, 2015, he was not in Clemson camp. He was not in camp at Clemson because his dad had passed away and he was trying to figure out life, basically, and what he should do. He didn't wow. know what, he wasn't sure what to do. He finally came back about halfway through the year. He kind of got, got back on the field and then he kind of 
got it going, and then at the end of the year in the senior bowl, he was dominant, and I'm glad he's here. Drafted in the fifth round, yeah, and exactly. look at him. He's a starter for your team. Also starting 10 games last year. Here's the factoid that I teased. Brandon Dunn, DJ Duddy, the locker room DJ. Brandon was originally signed by the Bears as an undrafted free agent. Think about this for a moment. He was released three times by the Bears, three times mm-hmm. by the Texans. Six times he's been released and re-signed to the practice squad for the Bears and the Texans. Six! And then in 2017, the Texans signed him as one of those reserve future yep. guys, like right when the offseason begins. And a lot of those guys, all right, whatever, they're signing some players right after the season. Well, Brandon Dunn became a starter for this football team. Yep. What about D.J. Dunning? Well, he's becoming valuable. I mean, you put Dunn next to Reader trying to run football against them. The, the, the best thing about it is the fact that you could play Dunn next to Reader with Clowney on the outside with Zach and BMAC, just a six-man, your nickel. They're going to stop the run. They're going to stop the run. Dunny will, will swallow up a couple blockers if he needs to. He's got great technique against double teams. He is an excellent, underrated football player. Now, unfortunately, what those two are not are great pass rushers. They're really good athletes, but they're not tremendous pass rushers. Maybe that's something that evolves in their game this year. It would be kind of nice if it did, but they're not great interior pass rushers. Begins to run, Brandon Dunn mm-hmm. DJ Reader together as good as it gets. Okay, boy, we got we got to move on I know, here. Man. I know. Got so I'm over many two guys. sentences. Let's I know. Go. You're over two sentences. I know. Jeez, come on. All right, another guy who proves that good players can come from anywhere, Angelo Blackson. Who oh, man. We saw two years ago flash. He was drafted originally by the Titans in the fourth round, ends mm-hmm. up here, and just signed a deal in the offseason. What about Blackson? He's been even better this year. I thought he was really good last year. Got his hands on some tip pass. He tipped pass that Tyron Matthew intercepted uh, at New England last year. He does the dirty work for you but he's a little bit slimmer this year he's mm-hmm. quicker he's agile i haven't seen anybody effectively block him yet i think angel blackson's very key those three dunny reader and blackson you put those three in there in the middle and they're going to stop the run for sure already in his fourth year joel heath out of michigan state six six three oh two this is where it starts to get interesting because you got joel heath and you got carlos watkins and you got a couple of guys battling to try and get on this team and get in this defense line get in the rotation and look, there are times when Joel is, I think, as good as anybody to have up there. It's a consistency for him. He's got to, A, be healthy, mm-hmm. and, B, he's got to be consistent. And then when he is, he's got an opportunity to get in the rotation. We've seen him make plays, no doubt about it. All right, let's get right to the rook here. Charles Amenahu from the Ooh. University of Texas, 6'5", 280, a Houstonian. I would, I'd love to go further about Amenahu. Right. Make sure nobody's, yeah, he's been very good. Here's the thing with Charles, kind of like it is for some of these guys. His up and down swings yeah. are really big right now. Like there are plays you watch and go, okay, that's a play I don't think anybody else in the field can make. And then the next play you're like, yeah, that's, he's a rookie. Like that's arena league ball stuff right there. He's yeah. got to find a consistent level because he can be dynamic, very dynamic. Charles Amenahu. Okay, uh, Carlos Watkins, I didn't mean to leave him out. Third year out of Clemson, a draft choice for this team, 300 pounds, 6'3". Big year for him. He's got to prove that he can go on the field on third downs and rush one-on-one against pretty heavy guards and go get the quarterback. That's what he did at Clemson. He was a really good interior pass rusher. That was the best thing he did. He's got to capitalize on that this year. All right, what about uh, Albert Huggins, also from mm-hmm. Clemson, who they got as an undrafted free agent, 305-63? We would have heard more about Albert Huggins if he played anywhere else but Clemson. But Clemson was loaded with defensive linemen. He had a really good college football playoff couple of games at the end when Dexter Lawrence was suspended. He'll get into competition, but, man, it's going to be really tough to break through 
the, that group of Reader and Dunn. But then he'll get a lot of looks in the preseason, but pretty athletic for a guy his size. But he's not a big guy. He's not mm-hmm. a huge guy. He's not 330, so he's got to rely a little bit more on his quickness. But I like Albert Huggins. It's going to be hard to make the team. But if you get keep a guy around a practice squad, you never know what happens. Look at Brandon Dunn, like you said. One of those players that causes number double takes, number 95, who was what was what which was worn by Covington, mm-hmm. Johnny Dwight out of Alabama, undrafted rookie, 6'3", 301. Yeah, he didn't play a ton at Alabama. Was a, mm-hmm. was more a part of the rotation at Alabama. But I've seen him out here make a few plays. I'm like, hey, 95, all right. I'm used to seeing Covington. But I see 95, and he's a little bit more stout than, than, uh, than Cov was. So... I'm interested to see what he does in the preseason, but he's made a couple of plays that kind of catch my attention out here. Ira Savage Lewis is from Houston, went to Baylor, yeah. 6'3", rookie. Can you be a good D lineman with the name Ira? Yes, he is. Okay. I, he is. McLean he's flashing the Sikkim sign, by the way. He's pretty unique watching him. I mean, he's a 290-pound guy. You can move him up and down the line of scrimmage. I have seen him make some plays during this training camp, both run and pass rush. I've seen him do some things in the pass rush. He's a very intriguing player with the opportunity and the ability and size to play anywhere from tight end to tight end. And that's going to help That's going to help a guy like that when it comes down to, to does he make the 53 or probably best case for him is does he make practice squad. But, boy, he's really flashed to me. I'm really excited to see him against Green Bay in practices and then the game. I don't have his pronunciation yet. Javi Edwards? Nose tackle. Yeah, Javi Edwards. Big dude Colorado. from Colorado. Jeez, 325. He's also a Houston homeboy. The, the defensive yeah. line's got some Houston homeboys in there. And, and Javi's one of them. He's a large human being so for him he's going to be playing over the nose he's going to be playing from guard to guard and he's just got to he's just got to be nasty inside just take on he's got to he's got to follow dj readers every move during his training camp and during the preseason all right that's it for your d line did i get all of them uh, you got all of them. Just, I believe so. Giving me grief about two sentences. Uh, well, you know, and this is a pretty big group right here, and I think a it's group. a good group, too. I think it's the deepest uh, group that the, this team has. They've got a rookie on the um, NFI list, Walter Palmore out of Missouri, 6'4", 320, a yeah. nose tackle. I mean, we'll we see, see him right out here. I mean, he's, a big, he's a big dude. Yeah, he wants to get big healthy dude. in a hurry. Otherwise, it's uh, you know he might be the kind of guy they want to hang on to if he can't practice this camp, right. but we'll see how they handle that. Look, I think it's a deep group. We've talked about this possibly being the deepest group on the team. Yeah, I mean, you know, because you have the, yeah. the one of the best players in history, sure. and then you got Reader and Dunn and everybody else we talked about. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, they have a lot of options there. There are going to be some unhappy people, or maybe they'll be happy because if guys get cut and you can't get them on the practice squad, some of these rookies maybe they end up with other teams. So. Uh, some of these guys will be focusing on in the second half of these preseason games coming up. Yeah, there's no question. And that's the one thing that these guys have got to keep in mind, that, yes, what they put on film is obviously for Anthony Weaver and for Romeo Cornell to sit there and study and, and critique and, and give them pointers and all that. But they're also – whatever they put on film is for 31 other teams to pay attention. Yep. And, and I know it's tough to say, like, hey, no, they're Texans, especially the guys from Houston. But this is a deep group. It is a, mm-hmm. is a deep, deep group. And you know when you go sub-package of that group, how many of them are going to end up being on the field? Yeah. It's going to be wide. It's going to be clowning. And then you keep six, one. right? You're going to keep six. Maybe five? You squeeze no, it I to think five? You keep, I think you keep six. I think you keep, keep six. six. But, you know, it depends on how you classify John, John McClain says five, which – because nah, It look, depends on how you classify well, clowning. Well, because, if I, I put clowning in there, so I count that as, as, as six. All right. Well, yeah, cl- because – how does Clowney figure in the outside linebacker equation? You keep now, four or five. That's because the whole they're thing. gonna keep 
they're going to keep nine linebackers if you include Clowney in that group. It's nine, right? So I think the D line is five plus that. the one. So now you have eight and six, right? Again, I go back to the fact that because you have Let's Watt and Clowney way. that are sort of, I don't know, I say positionless. Fourteen front seven guys. Well, that there's there's that's what you got to do. That's how yeah. you have to think about this, right? Because when you start thinking about well, how many outside linebackers do I have? Well, how many outside linebackers do I need? Because how often am I going to be in my base unit? I'm going to be yeah. in my base unit against Tennessee. But, but if I have Clowney, if I have Clowney, right. then I've got at least three guys I know I could play outside in Scarlet, Merciless, and Clowney. I've got at least those three as the outside linebackers. So, how mu- but you play nickel how much? And when yeah. you play nickel, you got Watt outside, Clowney outside, and you play a combination on the inside. Yep. So, how much do you really need, you know, five outside linebackers? You, yeah. You'll take a fifth outside linebacker if you know that guy's going to end up flying down on special teams. And I got one that I'm really excited about. Really, well, really why don't we do that about. tomorrow? Why don't we do linebackers tomorrow? We'll outside, tomorrow. inside, all around the town. DP Sidhu with what she's seen inside the practice bubble. It's day six of practice, day off yesterday, and we got a lot to get to. Landry Locker's questions of the day, and I'm just really curious to see a couple of things today in practice that I will share with you next. Let's get to it. It's Texans Training Camp Live. It's Texans Training Camp Live. It's Texans. If you love podcasts and you love the Texans, you'll love our Texans podcasts. Now available on iTunes and HoustonTexans.com. It's the flashback sale at Mattress Firm. We're celebrating the year we were founded with a special price from 1986. A flashback price of $169 on a new Sleepy's Queen mattress. Plus, get up to $400 off throwback deals on beds. And Wednesday through Sunday, take home a free adjustable base with a purchase of just $599. But hurry in, these awesome blasts from the past savings won't last forever. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply without at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Texans fans, if you loved eating at Antone's Famous Po' Boys and the original Nemphis Tex-Mex at the stadium last season, then we've got some great news for you. There's a new Nemphis coming soon to the Galleria area and a new Antone's opening in the Medical Center this fall. Give these new spots a try as you gear up for another fantastic season of Texans football. The original Nemphis and Antone's are proud to be partners with the Houston Texans. Rooting for the family team has become quite the tradition at Amogee Bank. It's something we grew up doing, and it's something that defines who we are. We're also big fans of rooting for family businesses, because in all of our years of banking, we found that when we treat every business like family, they tend to prosper. So if you're a family business and you need a bank, come see us today. Amogee Bank. Here you grow. Amogee Bank, a division of Zions Bank Corporation member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. As a loyal Houston Texans fan, we know you really care about the score of the game. But outside the game, you should also care about your own score. That's why Cigna reminds you to schedule your annual checkup to find out about your four health numbers, which are blood pressure, cholesterol, blood sugar, and body mass index. Doing this can help you live a healthy life. For more information, visit Cigna.com slash take control. Go. No. Take control. The Cigna name, logo, and other Cigna marks are owned by Cigna Intellectual Property, Inc. Copyright 2018, Cigna. 
It's a trillion-dollar economy, and you're right in the heart of it. It's an incubator of innovation, with industries reaching from underground to outer space. It's Houston, and it's fueled by GE. Over 5,000 Houston companies work with GE and leverage knowledge across the company. Engineers, lean manufacturing experts, logistic managers, and more. GE is a leader in dozens of industries around the globe. So whatever your company needs, chances are we have someone with the right expertise, and we're happy to share. GE, imagination at work. More Texans Radio is on the way. Nothing sounds better than summer. Except this kind of summer. Because that's the sound of a brand new Hyundai from the Hyundai Epic Summer Clearance. Where you'll find huge summer-only savings on every remaining 2019 Hyundai sedan and SUV. Now, get up to $3,000 in total savings or 0% APR for 72 months on the 2019 Tucson. Hurry over to your nearest Hyundai dealer during the Hyundai Epic Summer Clearance. Going on now. Offers end 73119. Call 877-282-9650 for complete feature and offer details. Transocean loves Houston and Houston loves football. From Friday night lights to Texans game day, everybody rallies around football. But behind the scenes of every game is another great Houston institution, oil. It takes a company like Transocean to unlock this valuable resource from the deepest depths and farthest reaches around the globe. As the leading offshore driller, they've tackled every challenge head-on and have the stats to back it up. Transocean is service-focused, data-driven, and performance-oriented. Check them out at deepwater.com. Red Diamond knows perfect's not easy. Our karaoke skills, at least we have our day jobs. Our family photo, take number 82. Even our radio commercial has the occasional glitch. So we'll stick to what we have perfected, our Red Diamond tea. No shortcuts, no concentrates. Perfectly crafted from actual tea leaves and water. After all, at Red Diamond, we think tea should taste like, well, tea. Red Diamond, we're perfect at tea. Hi, this is John Weeks with the Houston Texans. We are proud to be partners with the Houston Food Bank in presenting Huddle Against Hunger, a free in-school curriculum designed to provide information on hunger and poverty for students from elementary schools through high school. Sign your classroom up today at houstonfoodbank.org slash huddleagainsthunger. The mission of the Houston Texans Foundation is to be champions for Houston's youth. For more information, visit houstontexans.com slash community. Clint and Kamla, today at 2, Houston Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. What is the most pleasant surprise you have seen so far in Texans training camp? Colin Gillespie. I, I can't help myself but get excited about what he brings to the table relative to being able to line up all over the place, line up in your old school I formation and run your pro-style offense. He's a guy to me that, that changes this offense. Clint Sterner and Rick Kamla today at 2. Houston Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. Hey, Texas fans, this is Deshaun Watson. This is Jonathan Joseph. I'm Bill O'Brien, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Texas Radio. Texans Radio. Texas Training Camp Live, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you as In the Loop will broadcast at 10. Landry Locker in the next segment with his questions about camp, and those are always entertaining, so you don't want to miss that. Deepy Sidhu, otherwise known as Deep Slant, presented by Xfinity. Nice. Gosh, i got to read the <laughs> sponsor. Nice. It just rolls off the tongue, I mean, doesn't love, it, Mark? Don't, don't get me wrong. I love the guys from Xfinity. That's a great platform. 
but uh, it's funny how that's attached to your name now. Does your husband have to say hello? Presented <laughs> by Xfinity. He how wants was to know when he wants to know when the perks are going to start coming in. <laughs> I.e. I. the free Wi-Fi. To the to the boys are uh, <laughs> are you mom presented by Xfinity or no? no we should work on that. Yeah, I maybe. like that. I, I think, think that everybody, also everybody should have sponsors. Has a ring to it. All right, and, and make everybody <laughs> say the branding so you get the word out there. The <laughs> biggest headline of the day so far is obviously Kahali wearing back in pads. He hasn't practiced all training camp we saw what he did this off season but he started camp off with pup i would expect him to come off today because generally we've seen guys when they're dressed they end up practicing and i like how every single day in practice another guy gets healthier yeah the other day we saw justin reed we've obviously seen jj watt and deandre hopkins come back but i'm excited to see what kahali waring does uh jordan thomas had missed the last few days of practice so we saw a lot of the titans getting reps so I think I expect to see Waring doing some good stuff if he's yeah. if he's full go back today. Yeah, mm-hmm. if he's practicing today, then he's uh, he's off NFI. I mean, so that's that'll be done. The fact that he's in full pads, how much he'll do, we'll, we'll see. But I'd imagine I mean, he's been staying in shape. He's been doing his rehab workout and such. So hopefully he's beyond this. Hopefully this is not one of those things that pops back up in another week or two or whatever the case might be. We saw that yeah. with Lonnie. Lonnie had something. In OTAs, I don't know what it was, and I don't know if it's the same thing, but something yeah. popped up again. Bill O'Brien said the other day that Lonnie, Lonnie Johnson Jr. should be back, but uh, and be back pretty soon. But you know, you, with rookies, it's a it's a different animal because you spent all off season, as Bill has said many times, you spent all off season training for that combine. That's what Collie was doing. Collie was training for the combine. He was getting ready to go run and to really kind of put his shingle out there because that was you know he was not he was not well known. Mm-hmm. at San Diego State throughout his year. Really kind of caught fire at the end of the year. We had a couple of nice ball games, and it was like, whoa, wait a second. This guy's a pretty good athlete. He goes to the combine and blows up, and now all of a sudden he's on everybody's radar screen. But that's what he was preparing for. Now you start preparing for a season, especially at that position. You you worry about those kind of things. So hopefully he's back, and he's back to stay. I think the mental aspect of it, though, what I've everything that I've heard from his teammates, such as Jordan Akins, Jordan Thomas, those guys, they said that Kahale is – mentally further along yeah. in knowing the offense than where they were at this time last year. I think that says a lot about those two Jordans helping uh, helping him wherever he needs. And also Darren Fells. Everyone talks about Darren Fells just being one of the smartest guys in that room. He knows so much. He's seen so much. He's played the position a number of years. Kahale, he started playing tight end in college, and I remember him right after the Texans uh, drafted him, he said that he had to Google what a tight end was because when he was going from high school to college, his high school system didn't have a tight end. So he said, sure, I'll, I'll play tight end. And then he went back and he looked up what exactly that entailed. Now, I think he's, a, he's he come a long Google way. It. He's yeah. come a long way since those days. But it's very encouraging to know that his knowledge of the offense, uh, the other guys feel that for a rookie, it's, it's coming along really well. What a great thing. What a great little factoid there that he had to Google what a tight end does. I mean, I don't know if you used Google or if you used uh, well, Yahoo you Google, Search. But yeah, well, uh, no, I mean. <laughs> you had to look it up. Wait, who uses? <laughs> Google's I mean, the verb. It's kind of like here. Like, yeah. when you go somewhere, you're like, hey, can I have a Coke? Okay, what kind? I mean, it's Google. Like, you that, may that's, that's, a, that's, that's a great a way to put thing. it. That's a Texas it's thing. It's a right Texas there. thing, exactly. But that's uh, kind of the same because, thing. Because <laughs> when I lived in Michigan, it was pop. Right. Okay. Right. And in some parts of New England, it's still tonic. Can I have a tonic? I've never heard that. Soda? Who says soda? I grew up in the Midwest. I feel like soda. I've heard all of it. Midwest soda, is pop. pop. Yeah, pop. I've soda. never I've We never go to Green Bay, it it'll be pop for sure. Or it's like sandwiches. Grinders, heroes, hoboys. Yeah, po'boy. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's a little bit different. Okay, didn't mean to get off on that tangent. Yahoo hungry, search, though. by the way. But Yahoo's helping hungry. us out with all this uh, streaming of the games during the season. So that's good stuff. Uh, Thank you very much, Yahoo and Verizon. Again.
Well, I'd like to take care of that because they take care Mark's of Mark's just going to throw out names of sponsors just to throughout the show, hoping somebody them. sticks to the wall <laughs> yeah, and says, and, we need to be, And be they give me money. Go Mark ahead. Vandermeer presented uh, by. Yes, yes, exactly. I don't have that. So it's Deep Slant presented by Xfinity. So anyway, what are you working on today? Who are you going to talk to today? I'm going to talk to Greg Manns, who has gotten a lot of reps very quietly here uh, yep. with Nick Martin out. But, yep. you know, obviously the, the coaching staff loves what he's able to do, his versatility, play at guard, play at center. He's always a great interview. And I don't know if you saw this new segment that we put out on pretty much every social media channel and HoustonTexans.com, uh, What's in the Box, Yep. Uh, with the kids. Yep. They're not kid reporters anymore because they're a little bit grown, so I, I don't know if we call them teen reporters or tween reporters. Well, Vanderkid is one of them and your kid, Joe. My, my son is one of the other ones. But they, they How many years has this been for them? It's at least four. <laughs> three it's or at least four. four. Because every year we think this is the last year they're going to do oh, this. Oh, I can tell you, Vanderkid's done because uh, unless we find <laughs> we say, but uh, See, this is what we say every year. Every and then, year. And then the kids want to do it, and the mm. players... The players have this rapport with them yeah. now, so I feel like when the kids are in the building, the players all know who they are. But I saw a promo for the team luncheon, and Vanderkid was there interviewing players at the team luncheon yes. last year. And the, in the promo, he's like, so, J.J., what do you think of it? And now he's like, J.J. You know, he, his voice has dropped. In fact, he looks older now than he did two months ago when, or three months ago when we shot the What's in the They're Box They're still stuff. kids. They're not 18. So until yeah. until 18 hits, I still cons- I still call them kids. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're kids much like that, but believe them. me, at home, it, it feels different. It feels different. But anyway. the players connect with them in a way, in a very different way. But Greg, Greg was yeah, hilarious on that. So we'll catch up with Greg and, and see what he's been up to this offseason, how the O-line's of, coming he, I mean, he's not a star. But he's one of those really important players on this team. Can play guard, center. You have to have a guy like Greg Mance. And I don't want to say they're going to have a luxury problem with uh, the cuts here on the offensive line, but it could get interesting in the interior because that's where they have a lot of depth the rookies playing a lot of guard or practicing a lot at guard here we'll see if they start at guard or play a lot at guard and how they determine who they are on this o-line and then then you start to look at the outside the tackles uh we broke down the o-line on day one really but Johnny likes Roderick Johnson. Yeah, All Rod's right. come a long yeah. way. At tackle, a by the lo- way. I'm telling you, a long way. I mean, last year when he got here, I was like, oh, man, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I even told him the other day, I said, man, you have come leaps and bounds from where you are. And... And he said thank you. He, he did. He did say thank you. He <laughs> was okay. impressed that I. Had said, been I don't know if that's attention. a compliment or. So you know, Rod's a guy that exactly. You, you know, I've seen him thrown in there a number of different times with the different combinations that they've had. So if you have a guy like Rod Johnson that kind of rises up and says, "Hey, man, I'm here. Pay attention to me." Look, what did Kendall Lamb do last year? Remember, nobody came remember, from I, out of nowhere because he was left for dead right. in a football sense the year before. Yeah, exactly. But, but he ends up starting for you most right. of the season at right tackle. Exactly. It can happen. For an 11-win team, now I know it wasn't perfect out there, right. believe me, but you never know who's going to contribute and who has to contribute. Roderick Johnson looked humongous to me when he first showed up here, but now with the size of these offensive linemen, he doesn't, I mean, you see Chantal Henderson next to him who's probably oh. got, what, 30 pounds on him at least. Mm-hmm. Roderick's about Six six three hundred something yeah. like that. He's svelte. Yeah, he's, I mean he's tiny compared. He to He looks the other tiny guys. now compared mm-hmm. to the other guys. We, we've got a, a very big O line. You know, it's funny because I'm gonna ask Greg Mance about that. Does be, he feel tiny? Being in the hallways <laughs> and the and the cafeteria and especially when the O linemen get out of their meeting and they're just all walking in a group. This is by far. And, and that's just the the visual, the sight test, the all airport test. You know, how do you look in the airport? 
this is definitely the biggest line they've ever How had. How you look in the airport? Why do you look different? Well, in the no, airport? no, no, because um, that's a that's an expression. Yeah. You know, are you all air? Some some basketball players yeah. are all airport. Like uh-huh. in the airport, they look because like, they look great. Oh my gosh, oh, he's where six, have I been? Seven, he's okay. built all airport, and then you get him on the court, Can't not so hot. I'm not <laughs> saying these guys are all airport, but it's just the visual when they're off the field, right? This is the biggest line we've ever had here. They're very big. The tight ends are very, very big as well. Yeah. They've gotten taller and wider. And I, it, gone are the days of Steven Anderson where we had smaller tight ends. Now they're, they're getting right. bigger and more athletic. That doesn't mean but you're good, but it means that you're big and we'll see if it translates. They're able to, to do good. everything that's expected of them. Bill O'Brien yeah. once said that that's one of the toughest positions to learn. Yeah. To that point, they've gotten bigger, but they've not lost athleticism or agility. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about Tice, you talk about Max, even Chantrell. Those are guys that can move. I mean, they're not That's just big blobs of 330 pounds. These guys, and I'm not, I know you weren't saying that, but it's like right. when people say, oh, they're getting bigger, they just got a bunch of fat guys. No, 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 no. <laughs> they got guys that can actually get up and move. And well, that's the key, right? I mean, yeah. how many times do we see college football teams and, and the announcers are bragging, oh, there are 300 across the – well, all right, great, but can they play? I right. mean, there's 300 and there's 300. These guys are actual athletes. It, yeah. There's a difference. Well, they have to be if they're going against this D-line in camp every day as well. You have to be able to move. You have to be big because look, look what's facing you on the opposite side, a bunch of really big athletic dudes as well. That's true. DP, thank you. Thanks, guys. Deep Slant, DP Sidhu, presented by Xfinity. Thank you very much. Landry Locker next. His questions from camp. I forgot to share the thing that I'm looking at most today. I'll do that next, and we will continue. Take you to 10 o'clock, then in the loop takes over from the field here at the Houston Methodist Training Center. It's Texans Training Camp Live. Texans Training Camp Live. Texans Training Camp Live. Now, Texans Training Camp Live continues. I wish a very happy birthday to our broadcast partner, Andre Ware. Yes. Who is, I think, look, I'm going to be 39 and 7 eighths this right. year. And he's I think, just getting to 39. I think he's not, I think he's 38 and a half or something mm. like that. So, um, yeah, I might be off a little bit. Yeah. I uh, might be off a little bit. So, does that make me like 32? You're you're like thirty five, yeah. well, thirty five ish or yeah, something. Somewhere in, that, somewhere in that ballpark. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, look, I thirty nine and seven eighths. I don't know how I feel about that. I'll tell you later when I yeah. get there in October. But happy birthday, Andre Ware. Yeah. When y'all hit is, forty, let me know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, I don't think I'll ever hit forty. Is it kind of like half life? I am. I am. Is it kind of like half life or half life or yeah, Like I'm, you always I'm, cut in half. You always cut in half, but you'll never get rid I'm of it. Thirty-eight and seventy-nine, seventy, <laughs> seventy-nine eightieths, or something like that. You know, it's always gonna be like that. Um, anyway, happy birthday, Andre. Happy birthday, Dre. Texas training camp live. All right. So one of the things I want to see today, because they're in full pads and they're in the bubble, I want to see this pass rush because we're gonna break down the linebackers tomorrow. And I want to see who among these young bucks can get to the passer. And we've been talking about some of these guys and how they're looking here at camp. And, you know, Jamal Davis, you brought up him. Mm-hmm. He's kind of an under-the-radar guy. We'll break down these guys tomorrow. Um, and also inside, not that he's going to rush the passer. I don't think they're going to do too many inside backer blitzes, but they might. Xavier Woodson-Luster, who is kind of like the camp crush of the media in general. Yeah. I think because he wears, not because, but he wears 56, so he really stands out. He's wearing Cushing's number, and he's in his second year out of Arkansas State. So I'm, I'm going to be looking for him today a little bit. But I think the biggest one is the headline that Kahale Waring is practicing, and we all want to see what he looks like as they're in pads for his first day 
of training camp practice. Look, we saw him in the offseason, and he was certainly noticeable. But now you're doing the real thing here, and he's going to play against the Packers. I oh, mean, yeah. assuming he stays healthy. He's going to play against the Packers one week from tomorrow night. And by the way, that could be heard here. You'll hear that game on the Bull, 100.3 FM as well. You can stream it live on your app. You can watch it there. You can see it on ABC 13, so it's going to be very cool. Joining us right now from camp, it's Landry Locker from the In The Loop program, which is next at 10 a.m., and he joins us every day for training camp questions. Landry, what do you got for us today, sir? All right, you just mentioned Lambeau Field. A lot of people have that on their football bucket list trip. Mm -hmm. What is your bucket list trip that you haven't taken? And I know you've been to all the stadiums. It can be anything. It can be any place, anywhere. Your bucket list trip that well, you haven't been in, to. in football. You know, it's funny because we haven't been to the Falcons' new stadium yet. So we've yeah, been to the Georgia Dome, amazing. which was a miserable experience in 2015. In fact, <sighs> 2007 as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then 2015. Those are the only two times <sighs> I've been there for a football game. I've done basketball games there. Anyway, I want to see the new Falcons stadium. That's going to be cool. Uh, you know, it's funny, Landry, because I think we all agree that the college stadiums, and maybe we were running out of those as well. Uh, those are the ones that kind of have the mystique because as you get these newer NFL stadiums, they don't have it as much. Lambeau Field has it. I think I think the Bills still have a little mystique. I love the Bills stadium. Yeah, you know, when you go to Orchard Park, it is really cool to see that. Uh, when I go to the Patriots Stadium, I want to throw up, so that's different. Uh, but think about it. Who still has mystique? Soldier Field doesn't have it because when they redid it, they ruined it. Yeah. So I... You know, my, my pilgrimage in the NFL is going to be to any Super Bowl that the Texans participate in. Uh, but I could still tell you I have never done a game at Notre Dame. You know, so I've, mm -hmm. I have this more in the college ranks than I do in the pro ranks. I'm with you as well. I think with the NFL stadiums now, they're all so new. Yep. And so, I mean, they're like nice. Quest Field up in Seattle was unbelievably yeah, it was cool. Great. It was unbelievably cool. But. Here's my bucket list. Number one, see a game at the Big House in Michigan. Number two, go to a game in Notre Dame and not done that. And number three, and I am embarrassed to say this, mm -hmm. but it makes sense because we're either traveling or I'm calling a game on Saturday. I have never seen Texas OU in a Cotton Bowl. What? Mm. I have never what? seen it. I've never seen it. I that, went 20 straight years. I know. That's what I'm saying. I wow. Want I, I want to see that one. You know, I'd be more apt to see, like, right, like, right, like I want to see the Iron Bowl, but mm -hmm. I don't know that I really want to make – it's not – I don't need to make a pilgrimage to Auburn or to Alabama. I just want to see the Iron Bowl. I want to see Texas. When OU you go, else. man, you're in the middle of a fair too. That's the best thing. Like it's basically you're just going to a fair into the stadium. It's, uh, it's food. It's, it's a fun time. Oh, it can be a bad time though. I've had some bad times there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I know. And I want to see that annual Aggie Longhorn game. Oh wait, oh wait. Mm. Look. Yeah. You know what? It's such. Don't even get me started on how awful it is that they don't play. It's so terrible. I don't care whose fault it is. Everybody should just be ashamed of themselves that they are not playing an annual football game. In the state of Texas, oh, we can't play them. Really? Really? You guys can't play. Really? Florida and Florida State, do it. Do it. Just yeah. do it. And Miami and Florida. Miami and Florida are doing it this year. August 24th, by the and, way. And early. look, Miami is a little bit of a difficult time. So they, they would play Florida every year. I get it from Florida's standpoint because Florida already has to play has right. to play Florida State because they're state schools. And you're in the SEC. So the and now Miami is not exactly the opponent it used to be. But I get it from Florida's standpoint, which the Canes get mad at me about, but the Canes hate Florida more than they hate Florida State. They can't stand Florida because of the Gator flop. Don't yep. ask me to explain that right now. No, I know that one. But I'll tell you the other one. Yeah. I mentioned I mentioned Quest Field mm -hmm. in Seattle. 
I want to go watch a game in the upper deck at University of Washington. Apparently, it's the best view. Well, isn't that a new place now? No. Oh, it's no, the old no. place they just redid it? Because yeah, I've been there, yeah. and believe me, that place. Yeah, 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 you've been there. You're That's rocking right. back and forth. It is wild yeah. in there. That is a wild atmosphere. It is crazy. And the view out to the water. It's I mean. nuts. It is so cool to be up there at UW. I, I really enjoy that, too. Look, I, I had the benefit of calling games at the Orange Bowl, and that, that stadium gave me chills the yeah. first time I went in there to do a broadcast. You see the palm trees out the open end. You know what happened there. Mm-hmm. Namath, Hale Flutie, all the great games. That was phenomenal. Anyway. What would you say yours is, Landry? Man, the Rose Bowl, it's hard to talk oh, the Rose yeah, Bowl. Like Rose it, Bowl. I, I, yeah. that's, that's my favorite stadium, but I would probably you both say. You've been there. Yeah, I've, I've, I been, have. There. I've been there. Uh, I know you, you called a, a pretty good one there. I would say going to Notre Dame would be cool. I, I, have, I haven't been yep. to Notre Dame. That would be very cool. This is the greatest sight these eyes have ever seen. Ned Beatty. <laughs> right? Spe- yeah. Speaking of Notre Dame, uh, movie Rudy. What is the best football movie of all time, and what is the worst football movie of all time? Oh, I, I, I'm. I'm good. I, the worst, the worst football movie of all time is mm. Friday Night Lights. The movie, really awful. awful. Well, because it's so I, they take liberties. So, the book is so good, yeah. And they took Hollywood liberties, and they, they put the game in the Astrodome. And the whole thing about yeah. the book was like the biggest insecurity for the quarterback Mike Winchell was the fact that he had to play in the rain at University of Texas against Dallas Carter. They could have yeah. made a great Hollywood ending with that, yep. but no, they went inside the Astrodome. Right. And they had some goofy ending where he gets hit at the 10-yard line and drags people to the two-inch line in a championship game. And they didn't make it a championship game. So, yeah, Friday Night Lights movie, out. I w- I, Done. We did, didn't we do a bracket on this a couple of years ago on the best football movie? Look, I think – remember the Titans and Rudy are the best football movies ever made, right? So it's about which one you like out of those two. And I think Rudy – I like a little bit better, uh, but I love Remember the Titans. Why? What are you uh, thinking? Man? Okay, I hate Rudy, man. Well, I'll, see, here's I'll the put prop- it this way. If Rudy, Remember the Titans, and the program are all on at the same time, I'm watching the program. Yeah, but th- that's because it's sensational in a way. The program it's isn't awesome. better than those movies. It's not no, a I better mean, but it's Cinematically, not a better movie. yeah, it's of not course a better not. Movie. Rudy... But- Rudy's about have... staying with it. Look, I know that the character. He should have just got his education. Look, even <laughs> just, just, just stay off the field. But knowing what he does, wasn't he in a Ponzi scheme or something later? And then, and then he ends something up on like Radio that. Row at the Super Bowl here after that. Look, uh, uh, you have to go with the Hollywood version of this, though. And even, uh, you know, it's funny. We were mentioning Andre. And it's his birthday today. But he's met Coach Boone from Remember the Titans. Titans yeah. the, the real Coach Boone. I think that, uh, that that's a tremendous movie. I love the scene at Gettysburg. I love the training camp scenes. It's really great. And there's obviously a social uh, aspect of that that's not in Rudy. I think those two are the best I've seen. And it's funny how football, all right, of sports that make the best movies, boxing number one, mm-hmm. baseball number two, football number three, basketball's way down on the list. You only have like one or two decent basketball movies. Hoosier's really good. But yep. basketball doesn't make good movies. I don't know why. It's terrible. Anyway, go on. What I would, think it's the, what would I be think yours, Landry? Uh, remember the Titans, although I'm kind of scarred because they blew everybody out. They, did, they really didn't play any close games, like in real life. Like They, they basically right. won by like oh, three yeah. touchdowns, so it kind of it ruined me. But I, I love me some, uh, some remember the Titans. Kahali Waring back on the, uh, back on the field, or on the field today, I should say, mm-hmm. for the first time in camp. He played water polo. What do you guys think is the hardest sport to play? Oh, that's good. Hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports, major league level. It's the hardest hardest thing to do. You have a spheroid 
that is mm-hmm. moving at 90 miles an hour, and it's moving all over the place, and you've got this wood stick. It's round. That is no, no more than you know two inches or less than two inches. Yeah, give me a, like a cricket and thing. You, and you've got a sweet spot in that thing to hit the ball so the yeah. bat doesn't break. And the best players in the game only are successful three out of ten times. Yeah. Hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports. You know, it, I, I, I love that you brought this up because – when we, when we talk about great examples for kids or adults about failure and trying things, you're right. One, I mean, here here you are, 33%, and you are a gazillionaire yeah. if you could do you it 33% of the time. Now, that is phenomenal information right there, and it should inspire you in your life that you got to try things that it's okay to miss every once in a while. Boy, I really, I, I think water polo is right up there, though. Uh, That's hard, I, yeah. I, endurance sports to me, triathlons, I just don't get it. To be really good at that, I, I think it takes a special mentality. That's something I would never want to do. It's funny, my father-in-law was talking about last night, like, oh, cross-country, and, and maybe, you know, Vanderkid should do that. I'm thinking... Don't you, does anybody like doing that? <laughs> does anybody enjoy cross country? Like these, oh, I can't wait to go running. If you're really good at it, I get yeah. it that you want to be excelling and winning. But do you enjoy it? Some, I don't some know. coaches make you do that. They they did in my day. You had to get up. Like if you wanted to play basketball, you had you to go get up, them. go do cross country, mm-hmm. and then you came there. Oh yeah. really? And I, I was never yeah, excited you get about to it. Go, the, the carrot is you get to go play basketball, right. which I exactly. love, and I still play today. I think the skill that it takes to hit a baseball, throw a football, make catches like Hopkins does, you know, play basketball like, you know, James Harden does, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. The endurance sports is, you know, riding a bike. We all know how to ride a yeah. bike, right? But to ride a bike as fast as you have to to win yeah. the Tour de France, or like that's incredible. The, the, the endurance and the strength it takes is incredible. But the fine, the fine motor skills you need to hit a baseball is – to be successful three out of ten times, and you're going to the Hall of Fame. What I mean, water polo is no picnic, oh, though. Oh, it's no joke. You're, I mean, people who don't know, it's not like when you're playing at the resort and like everybody's standing up in the pool and you're holding a beer, practically playing water polo. Yeah. These guys are swimming in a deep pool, and I can't imagine the kind of shape you have to be in to be oh, good I, at oh. that. Never mind survive. Why do you well, think I mean, wearing survive, looks the way he does? That's why wearing looks the way he does. Yeah, he does. Like, kind of looks like me a little bit. All right, a little bit. Maybe not. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, no, more, really. more. You I'm telling you, than, underneath this yeah. shirt, it's just frightening. I'm, I'm not going to show you. Okay. All right, y'all had Zach Cunningham on earlier today, and he yep. was talking about how he likes to play the guitar. Yes. And about a week ago, I was serenaded by <laughs> Mark Vandermeer. I did not know you had the music mm-hmm. skills that you do. I knew you played, but a lot of people say they play, and when they play, it's not very enjoyable. But Mark Vandermeer has some music skills. Don't let him tell you any different. If you could make mm-hmm. an all-time Texans garage band, <laughs> who would you put in it? Well, Jonathan Grimes would be in it because mm-hmm. he plays piano. I would get Bobby Fino to do some of the vocals. That's yep. Arian Foster, by the way, because like we might have had better singers on this team, but he is a good vocalist, right? And yes. I think a good lyric writer. Now, yes. Case Keenum could do a little singing and playing. Mm-hmm. Chad Stanley, first putter in Texans history, would certainly be in the band. I know we've had a drummer, and I can't remember who it was. I know we've had a drummer. Now, Zach Cunningham squad. can sing, too. Now, he talked about he guitar. He can sing. He sang at the kickoff yes. luncheon last year. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, pr- it was pretty yeah. darn good. I don't know if he's any good on guitar. I'd have to, like, you know, have a guitar throwdown with him in the locker room, <laughs> you know. 
Seriously, I'm sure he'll be down for that. <laughs> you know, I got a couple of axes. I got two Stratocasters in the stadium. All right? One of them was given to me, and the guy actually put Vandercaster where it says Stratocaster. So wow. I keep it in my office. It's Wow. You know, it kind of needs a little work. I think the neck you can uh, use it, you know, to hit people with. You could use it to hit a baseball with, Johnny. But anyway, yeah. thank you for saying that, Landry. Um that was a lot of fun to play for the people at Intercom Radio last yeah, week. Yeah, you did, you did your thing. I wouldn't yeah. say you did if you didn't. You know, you, know, yeah. uh, you, you did your thing. John, it's hot out here. There's yeah. a lot of other camps where there, it's a lot less hot. Give me the perfect football weather. <laughs> uh, perfect well, football weather. This, I, I don't mind this. I don't mind the heat because a lot of people can't take it. So I don't mind it. But perfect football weather was probably last year was New England to start the year. I told them during the pregame, I was like, I don't think I've ever been cold to start a season, ever. It was was like 65. It was a little bit windy. It's got to be a little colder, though, doesn't it? I mean, it was fine. I liked liked that day. That that day was good. It depends where you grew up. Because if if you're in New England in mid-October, maybe maybe October 10th, say, and the foliage is perfect. Yeah. The only problem is you're probably playing the Patriots, and that stinks. Mm. But other than that, yeah, you know, when, when I lived there, I used to go to that stadium, and they weren't that good, and it was kind of fun. Like the that, thing, I actually kind of liked them back then. Now I hate them like poison. Having played college football up there, there was a sweet spot, just like a baseball bat. There was this tiny sweet spot. Week yeah. three or mm-hmm. week four was awesome. Yeah. Week one and two was like, yeah, it was a little, little hot. Not, ba- not bad, but weeks three or four, perfect. The rest of the weeks, pff, forget it. Let me tell you I something. Mean, when, rain, snow, I mean... You, well, it was ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. When I was at uh, the Green Bay game in 2016 was phenomenal. Oh, with the the snow s- oh that, was, that was so cool. That I was really cool. I loved that. Uh, when I lived in New England doing UMass games, uh, I'd play on Sunday mornings, flag, uh, not flag, we just play touch football. And it was, it was at Smith College, this field, the, the leaves were just perfect foliage, just yeah. perfect. The bright colors. The weather was like Dead Poet Society. It was mm-hmm. phenomenal. That was perfect football weather. Landry, what do you have going on in, in the loop? Uh, we're going to be joined by a player straight off the practice field. We're obviously going to hear from Bill O'Brien. John Lopez has uh, – he, he is going to rank the importance of Texans players in, in the spirit of the NFL 100 list. So it'll be int- – it's always importance. interesting when he, takes, uh, when he takes that task. Uh, and also, obviously – uh, the Astros trade deadline is approaching. Will they make a move? So we'll keep an eye on that, keep you updated, and uh, give you everything that you need live from Texans training camp. I love that. You guys will be on the field here in a few moments and bring it to us as practice is going on inside the practice bubble. Now, later on today, Texans All Access, we will have it for you. We'll go over everything that happens today. You'll hear from Bill O'Brien. I bet wearing talks today, right? So you'll hear from him. Maybe so. That's going to be cool we'll stuff see. as well as he was in full gear making his way into the practice bubble. We let you know that first. So that's why you need to listen to the program every day. We're on the first 10 business days of every training camp. So we'll be on through Friday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Well, that'll do it for the program for now. In the Loop is coming up. want to thank Jonesy for producing, George for engineering, D.P. Sidhu for being on, John McClain for being on. Have a great day, everyone, and go Texans!